Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 92 of the Curtain Call podcast. It's a production of the Yes Network. He is Yes Network president of production and programming and executive producer John J. Filippelli. I'm Justin Shackle. Our terrific producer, Dan Bassone, with us for the ride as well. And if you're not already doing so, please subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss the latest episode. And uh, we're recording this the day after the Yankees and White Sox were smoked out, John. Uh, the Yankees are beginning their second stint without Aaron Judge this season. And there's been a lot of ambiguity over when he may be able to return here with that ligament sprain in his big right toe. And they begin life again without Aaron Judge. They're eight games back in the division at the time we're recording this. Big question here, is the Yankees season at a crossroads right now? Well, you, you never want to say the sky is falling, although what's going on with the wildfires. And, There's yeah, something going on in the sky. We know that. going on that's like biblically scary. And, and uh, I don't know, it's just scary. Uh, but that's that's some that's some scene. Yesterday was some, I have to, we have to talk about this for two seconds, but that was crazy. Uh, what we've seen with these wildfires and uh, to see the, to be in the city, in the city yesterday and uh, uh, at the Yes uh, corporate headquarters. And it was quite, uh, it, it was like, um, like nothing I've seen. It was the, the darkness, the the, uh, the 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 then the tones of orange, and if you go to Connecticut, we had orange skies and dark skies in New York. It was it was like nothing I've seen, and it was it was you know it was very disconcerting. And then you saw the health levels, of, you know, the uh, being scary under the, the over two hundred, and saying that you know and then cancel the game. And I've never heard of a game being canceled for like that. But serious, and hopefully things will be better today. And if we've turned a corner with that, but that that was quite. Quite uh, off-putting. Yeah, when you hear that the air quality index is uh, going past the levels that they have in like places like New Delhi, India, um, that that raises some eyebrows right there. And uh, I, you know, I just I went outside, leaving my house, going to the stadium, and I could see just like a layer of of something that's normally not on my car. I'm just thinking, man, that's that's what everyone's breathing in. Okay, uh, interesting day here, but uh, but yeah, hopefully hopefully we're getting past this. Um, for the Yankees, though, on the field, uh, it's been a tough week because of their their captain going down here. So when you take a look at the, the team on the field, their schedule ahead, again, no real concrete timeline for Aaron Judge. What do you what do you make of it all as, as when, the team tries to tread water? When Judge was out for a few games, when season started, was well underway. Yankees didn't play well. Mm-hmm. Comes back, Yankees play exceptionally well because he plays exceptionally well. As he goes, so goes this team. So I mean, the Yankees have a lot. There's a lot of talent on the Yankees, but he is certainly the driving force of the team, and he's the heartbeat of the team. And you know, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing the skies. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not going back to that again. But we're not doing that. But but what we are doing is being just just you know. Look, it's 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 a caution. It's a, it's a yellow light, and the Yankees need him back, and they need him back as soon as they can get him back. Because they are a different team with him, they are certainly a different team with him, and so we'll see. I mean, I I don't know the I'm not a doctor, and you're not. We not. I don't want to speculate. I don't know how long this is going to be. Um, you know, it, hopefully it's he's on a ten day. Hopefully they doesn't get extended. It's in fact that, but you, we don't know. We don't know what it'll be. So hopefully, let's hope he responds. Let's hope it's just the ten days, and uh, you know, and and hopefully that that's the case. I mean, the Yankees are playing. Got some interesting teams coming up to play. You know, and uh, you know they're going to be challenged in in, in in some of those cases, 
and uh, the they need uh, they need they need hands on deck. They need help. They need help in starting pitching too. You know, Nestor is is out right now, and you know, Rendon still hasn't you know thrown a pitch in anger yet. And the Yankees need to the Yankees need to start addressing those things as best they can. You know, because you need the team to be a team. Right now, they're too fragmented. There's too many too many spots right now that too many question marks that the Yankees need to start putting exclamation points up there as opposed to question marks. Eight games is not an eternity. I mean, it's not a deficit that you can't make up, but it is eight games. And the division is the last place team is, you know, is uh, is playing 500. So it's it's a good division. I mean, even if the last place team was 13 games out, it's still a good division, a very good division. So the Yankees, you know, they they, they have to win games. I mean, that, that that's obvious. But you know what? You have to win games because everybody else in your division is going to be right with you. That's why. That's the tough part of all this because the division is so above and beyond every other division in baseball. It's it's just a tough time right now. And there are ripple effects with different sections of this team. I think with Judge being down, I think run prevention is kind of accentuated between defense and pitching, even you know stepping up even further. I think pitching has performed really well, even though a lot of players probably haven't met expectations within the starting rotation. Players haven't even been able to stay healthy in the starting rotation. But overall, uh, run prevention, I think, is going to be highlighted here. As it stands right now, you take a look at the outfield depth. And I mean, the the, the I think like the top outfielder on the depth chart is a guy that in spring training at the start of spring training wasn't even taking reps in the outfield. You have Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, you have Jake Bowers, Willie Calhoun, Oswaldo Cabrera. Now you have Billy McKinney. As far as what this lineup is able to do when Judge is out, we kind of saw it for that those 10 days to two weeks when he was first out. They really had a tough time scoring runs. I'm wondering, like, does the lack of depth or just Judge's absence weigh more on the regular hitters, the Rizzo's, the Stanton's, the Donaldson's, the Torres's? Does, does that way more on the hitters in the lineup in terms of okay we need to we need to step up here because we're we're lacking <laughs> our captain or is it the fact that oh man like a third of our lineup right now isn't at full strength so like I'm, I'm wondering which one it is or if it's it, it doesn't even I mean, matter no well i don't know it's really both i mean mm -hmm. it's both of the the lack of depth is certainly going to hurt them i mean it can hurt them and i mean also because you know it isn't just judge you know you, you know your center fielder is out you know, Stanton is is you know is you know not playing the outfield and he's you know yeah. run into issues. Um, you know, you've got you've got the Yankees have problems, and you know, and, and Rizzo's having a big Rizzo's having a nice year. Rizzo's having a really good year. Torres is playing well. Torres has played well. I mean, he's he's streaky, but he, but when he's playing well, he plays well. You know, and, you know, again, it's been streaky. Donaldson is, you know, not hitting for average, but he's gotten some big hits. He's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting home runs. You know, he's given them some some offense coming back. You know, so it's not, you know, and, and kind of Falapa has actually played pretty well. I mean, I, I, he's embraced this role that they put him in. He's become a really interesting utility player. You know, and I and 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 it found playing time for himself, but a lot of it because of injuries and stuff. But but still, in all, he's given them a little bit of a spark. He's playing well. You know, and, and and you know, Volpe's got a long swing. Volpe's got a lot of things going on. But you know what? He's 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 hitting home runs. He gets on base. He steals bases. He makes things happen. Plays a decent shortstop. I mean, for for a rookie, he's learning his way. I mean, he's he's actually playing. I think he's playing pretty well. So the Yankees have 
some assets here for sure, but it just the problem is that there's not there's not a lot of depth here. And another injury would really kill them. I mean, you need Rondon back. You need you need he's got to start pitching. Yeah. He's got to come. He's got to start pitching. That's one of their. I mean, you you, you got Nestor out. Those that you can't lose those spots in the rotation because your bullpen can't carry that load. It can't. You can't carry it on a sustainable level. So the Yankees got to, the Yankees have issues a lot of places to address them, and the problem becomes where how do you address them? Where do you go for help? I mean, you because you, you at some point you're going to need help. The trade deadline comes. Yankees are going to have to be. I don't. They're not going to be sellers. The Yankees don't believe in that. But they're going to be. They're going to have holes. They're going to have to fill. Where are you going to go to fill them? Who's going to trade with them? What are the Yankees going to give up? I mean, these are all questions that Brian Cashman has to deal with. Brian's got a lot on his plate here right now. Yeah, and we're still always away from trade season, to be honest with you. No, no, no team or maybe a handful of teams is really going to be throwing in the towel uh, on their season here on on what, June 8th, June 9th? With the expanded playoffs, there aren't too many teams thinking that way at the moment. So it's going to be tougher to, to pull a trade. Like they, they need some type of external option to help them right now. It's really tough to find that externally we're in, in find the moment. It. We're going to find it. I don't know. Great question. You're gonna you're gonna need players like IKF and and Jake right. Bowers and hey Billy McKinney who gives you defensive flexibility. He could play first base. He could play all three outfield positions. But that's where we're at right now. We're we're depending on those type of players. And I agree with you. I think Anthony Volpe is you know holding his own to some effect. But I think this lineup in the beginning it was kind of designed for Anthony Volpe to experience those growing pains and then being able to live with it it's not with judge out you, you don't not, you don't have that luxury anymore right it was designed for him to no matter what he would do unless he was you know hit 112 mm-hmm. you know it was designed for him to come in and learn on a curve you know take it don't worry you know you'll learn you'll get your hits you'll you'll make your mistakes but we have enough talent here to support it you know just you know you know do your best do your best it's going to be fine you'll you'll get through it you'll learn you'll grow and you know and and over time you will become the player that we believe you but now the Yankees look at it, they're not going to they're not going to send him anywhere they can't they need him and they need him to to continue to develop because now now this isn't like you know if you hit 250 it's fine no no it's like you got to do better than that and and I mean, if they're going to they're going to advance and do what they need to do, they need a healthy contribution from him. And you know, and I'm not saying that he's not capable of it. He's capable of a lot of things, and you can see it. But but again, he, he he's had one or two really terrible slumps, and they've hurt him. And it hasn't hurt his confidence. I was doing a spot on the field. I think Rizzo was going to do something for us on yes, uh, where he's going to have an auction for his charity, which he did last year. Uh, kids with cancer, and it was very successful and great. So he was taping some stuff, spots that will run when we do that event in uh, July. And uh, so we were on the field, and Volpe came out to do a spot with us. And he was – he's such a nice kid. I mean, I'd say kids, I mean, just amazing kid. But uh, he's such a nice person, and he's so well-mannered and easy to be around, and I could see why everybody likes him. And, you know, it's like he's a pleasure. He's a professional, and yet he's just he's – just, a pleasure to be around. He's very mature for his years, and and that goes like you, you root for you root for people like that. You root for him. It's easy to root for. All right, so the Yankees looking ahead here. Their their schedule brings uh, the Red Sox to town for the first time this season. Kind of weird. We're uh, in mid June, and it's going to be the first series between these two teams. Stacked division. So these these head to head series they're they're underlined even more. How do you feel about? the uh the reduced schedule here and and the interleague play like is it 
Is, is it balanced uh, one way or the other? Is it just right? What do you think here? Uh, I'm sorry. I like I like the schedule the way it was. I do. I, I mean, I like the teams in the division. I like that you play them a disproportionate number of times because that's how rivalries are. I mean, we were just getting, you know what a rivalry we were going to have with Toronto? We started to have with Toronto. And the minute we started to have it, it's like, oh, now we'll see you in September. <laughs> we won't see them until September. Yeah. That's what losing those games, going from, you know, 18, 19 down to 13 or whatever it is. That's what, that's a big, losing those six games matter. That's too serious. So it, because, you know, and a baseball wants to do, I mean, I look, I get it. You want to play some of the other teams. You, you want, you want, it's nice to have the Padres come into Yankee stadium. Yankees go to the Dodgers. It's okay. It's fine. It's nice. I, I just wish that there were, there was a better way to do that where, you know, they go into the season and they look at it and say, okay, I'm going to put the top based on the season last year. We're going to put the top, I don't know, top couple of teams and the Yankees will play the, the Yankees finish at the top of the American league. They will play the top of the national league. The teams in the middle of the American league play the teams in the middle of the national league. They'll, they'll do something like that. And, and plus find natural rivals whenever they can. I know that's a challenging, a lot of work and you can't do it in all cases, but there's a way to make those games as attractive as you possibly can, given histories and rivalries that do exist or just because teams are really good or they had they faced each other in a postseason that they whatever they did i'm just saying there are ways to 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 accentuate the 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 schedule based on the competitive situation that existed between the teams and and to draw on the history and to make it into something you know because they try too hard to be lateral they try in their schedule. And they want to be lateral. They want everybody to play on a lateral basis. And sometimes I don't. I don't know that that might be interesting. But the truth is, I mean, there are certain matchups. I would. You really want to see some of these teams play each other because they happen to be from one division or to another. I mean, some of these matchups are, are horrendous. Are they not? Well, can you? I mean, tell tell the fan in Cincinnati, Ohio, that Aaron Judge shouldn't. They don't deserve Aaron Judge to come visit their ballpark and play in that stadium. I mean, that's, that's the, the catch 22 there. You are shutting out a, a sector of, of fans. Are you not? But so, so, but not, but not every team is going, that's not going to happen with every team. Right. I mean, how many times has Cincinnati, the Yankees play Cincinnati twice home and home. No, They played them at home last year. They played them in Cincinnati this year. Right. So, so right. next so year, the, the Reds home. will visit the Bronx. No, it's not. A so home it's a three home, games, no. three games. Yeah. So you say that the, the fans have said, yeah, okay, you're right, this year. But there are teams that won't see Aaron Judge, that won't get won't have Aaron Judge in their ballpark this year. They'll see him next year. Okay, that's next year. I mean, right. nothing's going to happen in a year. I'm just saying, look, I know what they're trying to do. And some of you, there's appreciation there. But you know what? Also, you're taking away from the intensity of some of the rivalries that are really good, and you're watering them now. So you're being more lateral. You're giving everybody a chance to see everybody, even if it's over the span of two years to get into your ballpark. I mean, I get it. There's that's a, that's an interesting argument, and I would say you're wrong. But I would say that to me, I'd rather see. I want to see. I mean, I know the Red Sox are not having a particularly good year, but you know what? The Red Sox Yankees are still Red Sox Yankees, and Toronto is a really and Tampa Bay is a rivalry with the Yankees too. So, and they are the Orioles the way they're playing. They have played. They're they're going to be they're going to be right in it too. So everybody in that division is 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 going to cannibalize each other. That to me is more interesting than seeing the Yankees play the Reds. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Yankees Red Sox here, uh you you believe it's still a big rivalry? Yeah, it obviously is. I think it doesn't have as much juice as some other current rivalries for the Yankees within the division. So I'm wondering like as it stands right now, what is the oh. biggest rivalry for the Yankees? Is it 
any of the teams in the AL East? Is it the Astros? Is it still the Red Sox? What do you think? Well, it's always the Red Sox are always going to be at the top because they're the Red Sox. And there were some years, some years teams don't measure up as well as they do all the other years, you know. But the laundry is carries a lot of weight. The laundry carries a lot of weight. I like that line. Very nice. Okay, you go to Boston, and you tell me, you tell me, there's no rivalry. The Red Sox might be 13 games out, and the Yankees might be eight games out. But you're going to tell me, the Yankees play the Red Sox, that it's just another day at the ballpark. It isn't. It just isn't. Not. I don't care who the laundry changes, players change, and some, and the, the, the intensity. But the Red Sox still want to win. The Yankees still want to win because it matters to them. So yeah, it, it it does matter. And Toronto, the way Toronto has that rivalry is building, that rivalry is going to go through the roof. That will go through. So you've got that there. I mentioned before, Baltimore is a budding. They're not there yet because they, we don't have enough history with them. We have past history, not recent history with them. But the way they're playing, they're playing so much better. A lot of young talent. They're going to be. You got too many teams that are in this. There's no. There's no team that's not in it. That's why, to me, if we played them every day, I'm sorry. And the Mets, though, the Mets in there. The Mets are having their issues too right now. They really are. So you know, you look at that. The Mets need to win games, and they they want their bragging rights too. So you know, you look at the 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 the, the East, and you and you look at the throw the Mets in whatever you've got. There's a lot going on here. There really is a lot going on. And and again, look, you can only put so much into a paper bag, right? You have a paper bag. You can only put so much stuff into a paper bag. You can't have, well, we this, we want to satisfy the Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates. We want them to see them. You're right. We do. They, they want to see the Yankees. I get it. But you know what? Not everybody can. And you're right. So you stagger it or you do whatever. But at the end of the day, to me, it comes down. I want to see the best baseball. That's what I want to see. And you know, I, and I want to see. So I'd like to see some of the top stars in the National League too. I want to see. I like seeing them, but they don't come here. I don't get a chance to see them. I don't get a chance to see them. That's why you have a cable subscription package. That's why you have the MLB and bat. You have the apps. That's why you have all those things because you can watch any game. If you want to watch a game, you can find it. And that's the beauty of of what's out there now. That's the beauty of technology now. So it's not as bad as as we're making it out to be. Well, well, they don't get a chance to. See, they get a chance to see them plenty. They want to see. We find them. You, you know what? In real time, I think I'm coming around to, to to your opinion on this because it's like, hey, Reds, uh, fans of, of Cincinnati, you want to see Aaron Judge? Well, play better because the results will funnel next year's scheduling. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's just the way to put it. But you're right. <laughs> no, you no, But you're right. And you, look, you can't make everybody happy. Yeah. But what you do is you you, you, you look for the broader goal. And the broader goal is to have the most competitive games, the most interesting matchups, you know, and 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 and, and pursue it from it. And there are teams right now that aren't very good, and then they're, they're not good in matchups, and you know, and they're not compelling to watch. Sorry, that's in every sport. This is baseball. It's every sport that has that. And baseball has a number of teams that you know to me aren't all that interesting. And then with teams that get Texas game, look at Texas, look at Arizona. They're playing play pretty, pretty well, and nobody thought they would be where they are. They're, and Texas loses to Grom. I mean, that, that was not a great signing, as it turned out, but whatever. But you look at that, and you say, like, wow, look, look at them, right? But how about really quick, we go and take a look at some teams that have high payrolls and are underperforming by a lot. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Mets. They're kind of at the top of, of my list, but you also have teams like the Phillies, uh, the Cardinals, the Padres. I guess you could group the Red Sox in there because they do have a no, relatively no high payroll, no but, but they are in last there was place. No, there was no expectation. No. The Red Sox, at the beginning of the season, everybody said they were going to rebuild, and very much they are. 
Yeah. And the fact that they're at 500, they're actually overachieving on a rebuild. Right. So you could say that. And you know, it's, look, everything is relative, 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 right? So that's really what's going on here. But the fact is, you've got a lot of teams like the Padres. I thought the Padres could beat the Dodgers this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, they're struggling. They're having their issues, right? So let me let me ask you this. Which, which underperforming high payroll team do we think is exactly what the record says they are? What underperforming high payroll team is exactly what their record says they are? Like, if you take a look here at, uh, man, at the Mets, at the time we're recording this, two games under 500. You have the Cardinals, last place in a weak division in the Central so far. They're nine games, uh, a bigger part, and I want to shortchange them, 11 games under 500. You have the Padres, who are in fourth place in their division. They're four games under 500. So, like, which team is is their, you know, which current state is is the team that uh, represents the true product? I, I I really don't think any of those teams represent the true product. I think all those teams are, are much better than they're showing or capable of playing much better than they're showing. You mean to tell me you don't think the Mets are a 500 team or the Padres are a 500 or the Cardinals should be a 500? They should be on paper. On paper, they are. They've got a lot of talent. You know, and, they, and they've got players. You sit there and say they're, they're capable. Those teams haven't had runs, okay? Haven't had a real run. Every team, any team that wins a division or you know wins a while, they have runs. Of course, of a season, you get hot, you get cold. That's the game. And th- those teams not, have not gone on any significant run yet. Okay, the teams that are, you, they go the other way. Go look at the teams that have really have had su- success. They've all had runs. Starting with Tampa, how about that run? Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing, right? They've had runs, but the good teams, the teams that you expect to do better and haven't done it, they haven't had a run in them yet. And, and they will, do, they will do better. They will. Do, I, I guarantee the Mets are going to do better than that. But it's a question of how far can they afford to fall behind? You know, I. Th- you know what else too? I think there are good teams who are maybe at or near the top of their division who haven't had their big run yet. That's right. And that so makes them scary. And I'll group the Yankees. In, you know, in, and that's in like Toronto is doing that right now. They Toronto's are on a run. Yeah. And, you know yeah. what? The Dodgers haven't had. No, they haven't, but, but but they've been lucky because the Padres and the you know have not and the Giants have they have not done what you know what people thought they might do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's that's played to their favor, obviously. But 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 and if the Dodgers go on a run, they they could put it away, could put the they could put the West away. Yeah. Totally. I, I tell you what, that series in Los Angeles over the weekend, Yankees, Dodgers, Great. uh was out there yeah. doing the games on radio, and I all the games that I was filling in on for John Sterling on, like, I don't want to say like, hey, just another game, day at the ballpark, but there was something about that series opener at Dodger Stadium on that Friday night. The stars were out on the field. I mean, just, you know, randomly seeing like, you know, the who, the who's who. I mean, coming off the field, saw saw Mary Hart in her usual seat, Mario Lopez, John Lovitz on the field watching BP. I know there are others that, that I was missing. Did you see me on the field? Did you see me? No, where I I was looking, and you must have not gotten through the security gate. No, I didn't even get on the charter. I didn't go. Yeah, I, mm. I didn't go. Okay. I mean, if I had been, I would have had a good time. I mean, it was great series to watch. Look, yeah. I did I, as a producer when I was at NBC and at Fox. I don't know. I'm, I don't know how many games I must have done in Los Angeles. I lost count, but it's a great stadium to to work in. It's a great atmosphere. You know, there's a lot of fun with the late arriving crowds and all that other stuff. But you know what? They're really great baseball fans. It's a great baseball franchise, great historic baseball franchise. And it's a team that's a year after year is always in the mix, always. 
And, you know, and it's just it's the atmosphere, it's the ambiance, it's the talent, it's the organization. It's the, there's still, there's a rivalry of some sorts with the Yankees. I know they're not in the same league. I get it. That waters it. But the reality is because they play them so infrequently, there's an intensity to them. And those games get a microscope. And you, I never see what happened with Judge was incredible. That was one of the great catches I've ever seen. Great, you know, it's, hopefully, like I said, we, we, I know we started like that, and I'm not going to say we're going to end like that, but let's just say that uh, that that was, uh, I mean, and and you called that, you were behind the mic for that. Yeah, that, that series opener on that Friday night between the, the the pitching matchup on paper, future Hall of Famer and Kershaw, you have Severino who was you know throwing gas his first two starts, it was looking terrific on paper. I I genuinely had like a nervous bubble in my stomach because um. There, there was like it felt like a heightened expectation, and then everything settled down once the Dodgers tacked Severino for six runs in the first inning. So it felt like every other game, but like that, that first game, I thought that the crowd probably arrived a little bit early just to to catch the the very beginning of the game as well. And I'll tell you what, I will never hate on Dodger fans and the rep that they have between uh, arriving late and leaving early because uh, I get it that parking and enter and exit situation at Dodger Stadium is is yeah. awful. So I get it now. I'll never fault them for that at you all. Know, but- you, as, I, as you probably know, and I, I did the Kirk Gibson game. I was the producer. Mm-hmm. Gibson's all run game of the World Series in 88. And and I often think about those, the, you could see it. When the, just the home run, where there's the flickering lights in the parking lot. Yes. Yeah. Some people had left, right? And I often think about the people who left and about like, what they missed and how many times that not that i hope they went on a nice life i'm sure hopefully but but you know there's always that lament because i had friends of mine who when the mets won in 86 and and uh they came back in game six the way they did there were five friends who left in the ninth inning or eighth inning said you know we're gonna win they didn't want to wait they didn't want to see the red Sox celebrate or did whatever it was and they left i mean so it happens so funny story about that before we wrap this up here uh, one of the people who did leave that game yeah. uh, was a future manager of the New York Yankees. Uh, Aaron Boone and his brother Brett went to game one of the 88 World Series. Aaron was visiting Brett, who was playing at USC at the time. They drove Brett's moped to jo- Dodger Stadium. So they arrived on time because they were weaving through the traffic getting mm-hmm. into the stadium. And they sat. Aaron said that they sat in the very last row in the section behind the right field foul pole. So like the upper deck corner seats of the last row, that's where two future all-stars, future manager of the Yankees were sitting. And at the time, I mean, they were the son of a big leaguer and a a future manager themselves. Um, You think they've gotten better tickets. You thought you would think that, but also, you know, they, they were both from orange County their their dad played for the Angels. Yes. I think there was like that the you know the Yankee Met inferiority complex a little bit yeah. where mm-hmm. you know the Mets feel like it's same thing going on with the Angels and the Dodgers. So they hated the Dodgers. Yeah. They never felt like the Angels got attention, but they went to that game. That's where they sat, and they left game one early, and they missed the Gibson home run. So, uh, one of those people who left early. Was the future manager of the New York Yankees, Aaron Boone? There was I got one story. I heard a story, an interesting story. You could tell me if this is true or not. That uh, you know, and I, you know, it's true. I, I never really heard about this. Boone hits the home run, you know, with Wakefield, right, in the playoffs, and the Yankees go to World Series, the LCS. Whatever happened to that ball? Great question. 
And somebody brought it's not up. in the it's not in the Yankees Museum at Yankee Stadium. I don't think it is. I mean, I thought that's the next time I see Boone, Aaron, how they ask him. But I mean, I don't know that anybody ever returned the ball or anybody ever sold the ball or put, tried to claim it or put it up for auction. That's a great question. I I don't I don't know. I mean, it's that's you know it's it's interesting. I mean, we're in an interesting part of the the podcast now. But but I just say that I don't I obviously don't know. But I. You know, you, you know what happens to all those famous those those plays happen. Everybody. I feel like we live in an era now where there's any type of sentimentality toward a baseball, someone's going to get it for that someone's player. And I don't I don't think we were there in two thousand three. I don't know. Well, you know, but but you know, but you know, certainly when Marissa broke uh, at the well, time, yeah, you know, I mean, there were balls that were you know, right. retrieved and sold, and there was something, but you never heard of anything. I mean, there was not a word ever talked about that home run or the fact that it was what it was. You know what? I'll make that my homework assignment for for the next episode. I'll come back with with some answers for you. All right. um, I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. Next show we're gonna have Troy Benjamin. Can't wait for that, Troy. Great guy. Great guy. Great stand up guy. Terrific producer. You know. So Troy Benjamin's gonna join us on the next episode. Uh, I'd love to hear what he thinks about this team and the overall landscape of Major League Baseball through the eyes of a uh, of a very accomplished, decorated TV producer and Troy Benjamin. And he um, knows his stuff. He knows his he does his homework. He knows his stuff. He knows his history. Sure does. Conversationalist and fun to be around. Like I said, I think uh, if if he could choose another career, probably should have been a talk show host on the radio for you know a sports talk radio host because he can bring it. He he has the knowledge and the opinions, uh, like you said. So looking forward to having Troy on here next episode. Uh, all right. Anything else that we should land the plane with as we close it out here and get ready for Yankees Red Sox? No, it's just that you know the Yankees have got to you know the Yankees got to weather the storm. I mean, it's it's it's, it's obvious, but that's what they need to do. It's a storm right now; they need to weather it. And uh, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, if they can do that, you know, that'll that'll put them in pretty good stead, I think, because they they, they got to get look, people have to come back. People have to come back, keep contributing. They can't keep losing people. It's going to hurt them if that's the case. But oh, listen, hopefully, Judge is short lived on the on the on the uh, on the IL, and and that'll make a big difference. Interesting time, a big storm to weather, but the Yankees definitely have the uh, the manpower to do it. And again, some reinforcements. Are, there, it feels like they're always on the way because you do have some players out, but Harrison Bader shouldn't be long before he returns as well. But it'll be an interesting stretch of games here as they try and weather this storm without uh, Aaron Judge. All right, John, that's going to do it here for this week. To all you out there listening, please subscribe. That way you never miss the latest episode and anything that we're doing here on the Curtain Call podcast. For our terrific producer, Dan Bassone, and for John J. Filippelli, this is Justin Shackle. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next time on the Curtain Call podcast, a production of the Yes Network. Take care, everybody. Yes.